conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion. Hello there, folks! Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast hosted by two people who did ask their future stepmother to prom the freshman year. I am Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always is Anna Otto. How are you, Anna? I'm excellent, Dan. I'm excellent. Are you excellent? It's been a little bit of a rough week, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> uh, I was the other possible intro that I was going to use was the only bogus, heinous, most non-triumphant podcast. Yes, I put so many of those words in here because I was so excited. I have so many things to say, Dan. I heinous, 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 egregious. Heinous. I was whipping out a dictionary just to like you know dive right in. I was looking at a dictionary. Okay, right? continue. Anna has never seen a dictionary before in her life. Never. Couldn't couldn't find one in my house. Probably a Spanish dictionary, but not an English one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we don't have a guest this week. It's just Anna and I throwing it back to the old school so many moons ago. Woot. Whence we started. And we are talking about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Before we get started, Dan, who do you mm-hmm. think you're more like, Bill or Ted? Oh, boy. Um, I feel like I'm more like Bill. Really? I think I'm more like Bill, too. I think it's only because Ted <laughs> Ted seems to have a, an easygoing, carefree way about him. Mm-hmm. And both of us are so neurotic and in our own heads that there's no way that we could just be like, Okay, to everything. True. True. I was also referring to the fact that Bill is seen wearing a crop top the whole film and also eats kettle chips in one scene, which is one of my favorite snacks. But yeah, you're right. I'm crazy too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if we're going by outfits, I'm far more of a Ted than a Bill. I hate Fair. showing any skin. Oh yeah, I forgot you're a never nude. Yeah, my bad. Come on. I love a good crop top. That's my first note of the movie: is man crop top. That's it. That's it says actually, <laughs> no, it says, ah, yes, a male crop top. We love it. Bring it back. Followed by Alex Winter, low key cute. Those Alex are my Winter, first. High key cute. He's so cute in this movie. I was like, get a water bottle. I'm parched. I was thinking about this yesterday before I watched the movie how Bill and Ted is an excellent gender neutral Halloween costume. Yes, just like um, Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. Mm hmm. Which I have done with Jordan. She was our friend Jordan. She was Wayne. I was Garth. It was also excellent. (laughs) Good to know. So the movie was directed by Stephen Herrick, who also directed a bunch of films. Oh, boy, Dan. I haven't heard of any of these. Hit me with some greatest hits, if there are any. Name a couple. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I've heard of that, but I've never seen it. Okay, he did direct The Mighty Ducks. Oh, I know her. Mr. Holland's Opus 
and the live-action 101 Dalmatians. <gasps> Wait, I love that one with Glenn Close. Yeah. Yes, that's such a good movie. There's a Chinese crested in there, and I want one so bad. Those are a lot of words that I don't understand. Oh, it's a type of dog. It's okay. a hairless dog. Are you surprised? Not at all. Yep. <laughs> the movie is also written by Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson, uh, who they combined or separately wrote this, the sequel, um, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, what a flex. Men in Black. Ooh, the first wait, that's one. an actual flex. That's an actual flex, yeah. That's he, an actual flex. Uh, Ed Solomon did a revision on the first X-Men movie, and okay. he also wrote the screenplay for Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. Wait, 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 wait. Gage and I just watched those movies um, a few, uh, probably months ago, but time is irrelevant right now. Mm-hmm. Yo, when I tell you I'm secretly obsessed with those movies now, oh my God, I loved them. <laughs> we might have to talk about them. Yeah, we will, because I literally watched them one after the next, because I was so interested. Anyway. Uh, so it was released on February 17th, 1989, coincidentally, the same day I was born. You were not born. You're born, you're a New Year's <laughs> baby. What's going on? I was also not born in 1989. I was seeing if yeah, you were Yeah, but listening. that's like kind of believable, because you have a beard. Mm-hmm. I showed a picture of you to Gage's family, because I was showing them who I do the podcast with, and they're like... Are you sure he's younger than you? Because uh, Gage thought you were older than me. Yeah, I was at a party and people were like, okay, I wonder who the like oldest and youngest people here were. And they were figuring out the oldest. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely the youngest. By far, I'm definitely the youngest. There was a guy who was like, yeah, I mean, so like I'm I'm 27. So I think I'm the youngest. And I'm like, ha jokes on you, old man literally you were like (laughs) i've had this beard since i was born but i'm definitely the youngest i was born after the release of the foo fighters second album god you are a baby i know i love to use weird cultural markers to define how old i am i don't know what mine would be i was born in the middle i was born in 1995 i don't know (laughs) It was a good year. You were born the same year as my brother. Yes, I realized that. I thought both you. I thought you were like the baby, baby of your family. Like I thought your brothers were way older than you for some reason. Nah. But they're not. They're like pretty close to you in age. We are three years well, apart each. Mm, nice. Yeah. Good work to your parents. That's a nice, solid separation. And then I have a cousin who's three years younger than me, and he has a sister three years younger than her. Him. Oh my god. And she has a sister three years younger than her. Yes, O'Keefe fam. We love that spacing. Good we work. We are an evenly placed set of steps. And let me tell Very you, nice. it is wonderful. The movie stars Keanu Reeves, God's gift to humanity, uh, Alex Winter, God's other gift to humanity, and George Carlin. And yeah. it had a budget of $6.5 million, and it made $40.5 million. And I had that much money. <laughs> Yeah, me too. And the most important thing about the movie, it is a tight 90 minutes. Ooh, yes. I saw that pull up. I was like, ooh, yes, baby. We ready for this. We love a tight 90. Unless a movie goes to like the Irishman levels and is three and a half hours long, you can end every movie with 90 minutes. Cut out anything irrelevant and you all movies, they have a tight 90 of story and that's all that you need. I'll tell you right now, 
I didn't ever want to watch Endgame. Mm-hmm. Wait, Endgame? Is that the old, the second one or the first one? That's the second one. It's the end. Oh, yeah. Whatever the first <laughs> one was. I didn't want to watch that I only because it was so long. I watched it because I was trying to impress Gage back in the mm-hmm. day, and he flirted with me by loaning me his whole DVD player, which is a story for another day. That movie was long. I can't do a long movie. I get tired, you know? I'm like, oh, oh, I'm... I need a drink and like a, a blanket. There's a chance I'm going to fall asleep. A tight 90. She's it. You mm-hmm. know, we're here for a good time. Not a long time. Same I saw movies. the Irishman in theaters. It's three and a half hours long. No, Dan, did you have to leave to go to the bathroom? No, I was fine. Um, oh. I, in the same theater, I saw Joker. And let me tell <gasps> you. Wait, I really liked Joker. Okay. You're not going to like what I'm going to say. Uh-oh. Um, the Irishman felt 90 times shorter than Joker. Well, I'm kind of a neckbeard, I guess, because I really, <laughs> really liked Joker. I loved it. I came out of the theater. Okay. Yeah, I came out of the theater, and I was like, oh, my gosh, wait. Wait, am I an incel? <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it a lot. Ah, I don't want to alienate anybody who really likes it, but my thoughts on the movie can be summed up in a quote by William Shakespeare. Oh no. What mm-hmm. are you going Why are you going to insult me like this? Let's go. Let's hear it. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Well, false. I really liked it. And if you liked Joker, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter. We'll talk about how great it was. You'll get my Twitter at the end because it'll take Dan an extra 15 minutes to edit this otherwise. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So it starts out and we start in the year 2688, a year that seems less and less realistic by the day. Everything in the future is chrome. It's chrome. It's very spaced out. It's very empty. Everybody wears all these, like, overcoats. Seems like it's, it's a, be very cold. Yeah. It's very, like, I like to think of the fact that in the 80s, what they think of as the future in their movies is still what I would consider the future, but it's, like, so 80s mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it, but I love it. It just makes me happy. What the 80s thought the future would look like is like my ideal movie setting of what the future is. All They're all very brutalist futures. All very boxy, very chrome. Yeah. It is very cold. Yeah. But the people in it seem to like it enough. Yeah. I don't know. I just like it. It, it vibes with me as a, my picture of what the future would be. Mm-hmm. Also, in a movie, not in real life. I don't know. If I lived at 2,688, it could be whatever it wants to be. I guess. I won't be sane. I'll have gone mad in the 700 years that I've been alive. Fair. I just don't want to have to wear a jacket all the time. Okay. Um, This future is so good, and we know it because bowling scores are down and mini golf scores are up. Yes. Which is my ideal future. Wait, wasn't it the other way around? Bowling school scores are up and mini golf scores are down? Yeah, I don't know how scoring works. That's okay. You want a high score in bowling and a low score in mini golf. I got you. Yes, thank Those you. Those are both things I enjoy, but I'm bad at. So, <laughs> uh, We are introduced to Rufus, played by George Carlin, who is being sent back in time 
to San Dimas, California, circa 1988, uh, and he needs to make sure that Bill and Ted, or as their official names are, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. (laughs) I love that. To ensure that they pass their history class and more specifically their final assignment. And from there, we are then introduced to our wonderful main characters, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan, played by the aforementioned Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. And you already said that Alex Winter, low-key cute. Low-key cute. Low-key cute, you know. Mm-hmm. Even today, I'd say he's kind Like, I saw him in those Walmart commercials mm-hmm. back that, like, when I didn't know what was going on in half the movies. Now I know that he was the guy who played Bill, and he still kind of cute. But anyway. He always reminds me of an actor named Charlie Schlotter. Who, what an unfortunate name. You may recognize him. He is He was the young, hot doctor on Diagnosis Murder with Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I don't recognize him. Okay. But you, again, Dan is a thousand years old. I'm so old! <laughs> It's okay, Dan. I know you're a fossil, but we love you anyway. Only I would think, huh, this 25-year-old woman would recognize someone from the hit CBS medical drama Diagnosis Murder that ended when she was five. Mm -hmm. It's Uh. okay. It's okay. You know what? It's okay. I love my own. If you had said something from Seventh Heaven or Home Improvement, Mm -hmm. I would have been right there with you. Okay. Also, Alex Winter, good Twitter follow. His really? Handle, it's just at Winter. He has a oh, whole season okay. claimed to himself. Excellent work, Alex. So what we find out about the young Bill and Ted is that if they fail, Ted will be sent to military school in Alaska, and Bill will have to spend more time with his father and stepmother, His stepmother being a woman who is only three years older than them, who was a senior when they were freshmen, who he asked to the prom his freshman year, and also who has a fun time with Bill's dad in Ted's bedroom. Nasty. That scene, I was like, this is uncalled for. (laughs) Uncalled for. There's so but much she buys kettle chips. Like, we love that. Mm-hmm. She knows what's on my grocery list. It's kettle chips. <laughs> Is, her name's Missy, right? Yes. Yeah, Missy. Mm-hmm. I literally put that. I put, why is Bill's dad banging his wife in Bill's room? That's nasty. <laughs> but I also did, oh, man, yeah. In my notes after that, I put, why do I dress like Bill? <laughs> <laughs> and then... I also said, just jumping right in, like, there are so many things, if I may skip ahead a little bit, to when they actually meet themselves. Mm-hmm. That's not allowed in time travel. <laughs> but anyway, we, we can go back and dissect a little more. I just, that was my next note, and I just was like, oh, I'm angry about it again. The rules of time travel in this, uh, I don't know if they really make any sense. They don't. I'm all for them because I like my time travel movies completely incoherent. So any 
real explanation that's longer than 30 seconds long. No, no, no. Get that out of here. You're breaking the tight 90. Now, as an avid Doctor Who fan, I just, you know, I was just like, y'all, y'all are messing up big time. But they're just ripping holes in in the space-time continuum, but that's none of my business, I guess. Trying to figure out a way to connect it to Doctor Who, and the only thing I'm thinking of is wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey. Well, also the Something. fact that Isn't that an explanation? Booth. That is. It's a, Matt Smith says that. My mm. favorite doctor. Don't come for me. I'm not sure that Matt Smith is a real name. Anyways, uh, Bill and Ted, they are also in a band or an aspiring band called Wild Stallions, a band that consists of two lead guitarists looking for a third lead guitarist. <laughs> Lord. They're two halves of a whole idiot, like, big time. Absolutely. Um... So basically what happens, they go to school and they are failing their history class so much so they failed every single assignment leading up to the final assignment. Uh, which I can't even imagine that. I just, I can't, I know it's a movie and it's fake, but like you'd have to be trying to fail, to fail yeah. every assignment. Um, and they get asked, who is Joan of Arc? To which... <laughs> Anna, what what does he say? Noah's wife. I <laughs> Gage looked me dead in the eye and laughed so hard when that line was delivered because he knew that that would hit me. I I was deceased. <laughs> we watched this at his parents' house. Let it okay. just be known. We watched this with Gage's parents and their dogs who were also present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so figured it was an adventure. You, there is Catholic humor in this. And I figured, there oh, is. this is definitely something that Anna would go for. Hell yeah, we love some Catholic humor. In case anyone forgot that I'm low-key religious, my mom would probably yell at me for being a bad Catholic if she heard me say that. <laughs> but I love God. Anyway. <laughs> so um, when Bill's father kicks Bill and Ted out to... Um, make whoopee, to put it in Frank Sinatra's terms. Nasty. Dan, I hated that. <laughs> they were fooling around. Making whoopee. Uh, they end up going to the Circle K, my favorite gas station. Mm-hmm. And while they're there... Are there even there, Circle Ks still around? Yeah, there are. There is one in Manuka, Illinois. And I know that okay. because whenever I would drive past it, I would go, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. And oh Anna would roll her eyes and try to not hit me. <laughs> okay. Anyways, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Mm-hmm. As a telephone booth drops out of the sky, and, or up from the ground. I'm trying to remember. It shows it up. It shows up. Whatever. And out steps Rufus. Played by George Carlin, who was there mm-hmm. to help them with their history he, report. like, doesn't really help them, though. I thought he would be going with them. He's just like, here's what's going on, and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would feel much more intimate. Like, I don't think I'd be a very good adventure movie protagonist, or sci-fi movie protagonist, I should say. Because if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, hello? <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like both of us, we'd take far too much convincing. Yeah, and also I'd be scared that this was all a ploy to, like, murder me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, tr- I ain't no fool, you know? Absolutely. No, you're a smart girl. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you, Dan. Yes, you're welcome. You're a smart, independent woman who don't need no Dan O'Keefe. Amen. Something that you said directly before we started this show. I did indeed. (laughs) To which I responded, that's pretty much all women. They don't need me. Uh, so but then we choose to keep you in our lives. I know. Anyway. I'm I'm your pet. Uh, no! <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Anyway. So as Rufus is trying to convince Bill and Ted to trust him, the another version of Bill and Ted appear. Just ripping the space-time continuum like it's nobody's business. Don't even care. Ripping right through it. And the only <laughs> if- way that these future Bill and Ted's convinced the current Bill and Ted's that they are in fact Bill and Ted's <laughs> was by saying what number they were thinking of. And that number was of course, 69 dudes. Nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, but I laughed. I, I hate myself for laughing, but also I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed I will say that this movie has, I think, the most approachable, stupid humor. Yeah, it's very. Well, I was laughing because Gage was like, I don't know if you're going to like it. Like, you don't really like stupid movies that much. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I really like Will Ferrell movies. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, this is I did. I enjoyed it. Just sometimes when they say something stupid, I'm like, oh, an eye roll. Because it just. (laughs) 69 of course it's 69 why why would i think it's gonna be anything else like i also love that in the 31 years since this movie has come out that is exactly what would happen now literally if two teen boys went on an adventure and were like what number am i they of course would say that or it would be 420 those are the only two options but it probably would be 69. I have a very distinct memory when I was in high school taking my final exam in a class and the teacher was like, okay, I haven't numbered these yet. So just write a random number on it and then pair it with your essay and I'll know what number it is. And the kid next to me wrote 69. And I was like, of course, of course somebody wrote. I wouldn't be surprised if every single boy in that class wrote 69 (laughs) on his essay. I wrote a normal number, like five, but still. Ugh. Yeah, speaking of 420, are Bill and Ted stoners? We didn't see them light up or anything in this movie, but do you think they're stoners outside of this? Maybe like a light dabbling, but I think they're mostly just stupid. Yeah. I think even the act of purchasing marijuana, to say it in the... Oh my God, to say it in the most yuppie way possible. Mm-hmm. The act of exchanging currency for the reefer. Marijuana. Uh, when they used to spell marijuana with an H, that's when I would thrive. Um, so anyways, I think that the act of them actually planning and finding a dealer to go and get the marijuana, that's way too much forethought for them. Yeah, I, I think like... If they stumbled upon somebody having it, they'd take a hit. But Mm -hmm. I don't think... I mean, Ted's dad is, like, military police officer. Yes. Isn't he? So there's no way he would have... Like, he might be stupid, but he doesn't seem like the kind of kid that would, like, do something like that just because his dad is of the law straight edge. Mm -hmm. He seems very much like he resents his dad, but instead of acting out like that, he's acting out by spending all his time with his friends and playing his band, which is like not really acting out. 
But that's at least what I got from this movie. Um, And Bill seems to have a fine relationship with his dad, besides the fact that his dad married a girl the same age (laughs) as him. Which, like, yeah, that's weird, but... Mm -hmm. It's not, it seems, he seems fine. Like, she picks him up from school. She helps them later on in the movie. She might be younger than them, and it might be weird, but she seems like she has good intentions Mm -hmm. for him. So I don't think either one of them, I don't know. I'm not trying to make it sound like. (laughs) We're getting really into this. Yeah, I'm having such a mom moment. I feel like I'm such a, like, a suburban mother right now. Um, but, like, I, they just don't – they seem like maybe in college they would do it mm-hmm. if they get into college <laughs> or if they choose to go to college. Yeah. But I don't think in high school they would have been the kind of kids. I think they would have been, quote-unquote, too focused on their band mm-hmm. to have um, made that decision. And I think you're right. I think they might have been too dumb to find a drug dealer and make the contact and find the money and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, thanks for coming back to our podcast. <laughs> what would you call it, Dan? Something about weed? Uh, what would I call it? I would call it uh, the the Jokey Toki. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. That's also the name of my magic shop. Magic God, and I gag gifts. Uh, I, the last thing I'll say about this is if Wild Stallions ever got big, they would definitely do cocaine. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. It was the 80s, too. I mean, it was the end of the 80s, but even now, I feel like that's still common. Yes. It shouldn't be. It's very sad, but it's popular. Back to the movie. Um, So they are convinced, and the future Bill and Ted, they talk to Rufus for a little bit before going back. Remember, Ted, don't forget to wind your watch. Yes. And then Rufus demonstrates how the time machine works by taking the boys... Uh, our heroic lads back in time to the year 1805 at the Battle of Waterloo, where Napoleon is leading his forces against Abba Austria. playing in the background. <laughs> uh, and after they, Rufus really just takes them to be like, hey, here it is. You can do this. This is when bowling scores were low or something. Um, <laughs> yup, that's what he said. Napoleon sees them and wants to blow it up because that's Napoleon. Uh, But as they are going back, they get in the time machine and it goes away. But Napoleon gets blown by the blast of a cannonball and ends up following them back to the future. And you already look stressed about this. No, I'm just laughing because there's a whole scene that happens when they get back in the 80s and Napoleon's little legs are just hanging from the tree. (laughs) And it's just funny. Also... Why does Rufus always finish a line by putting his sunglasses on? Like, that was George Carlin's big character move. It was just talk, 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 sunglasses on, finish mm-hmm. what you're saying, leave. It was very, like, what show was that? CSI uh, Miami. CSI, yeah! Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> um, I think that it was a way to differentiate it. That it was actually a character and not just George Carlin. Fair. It just seemed kind of funny to me. I was like, hmm, I guess sunglasses are his. Maybe people in the future, that's how they say hello and goodbye. Hello is taking off your sunglasses. Goodbye is putting them on. I don't know. 
Looks like I'm built for the future then, because whenever I go outside, I'm wearing a pair of Mike's Hard Lemonade sunglasses. Oh my God, mine are from Nordstrom. Like not, wow. not I bought them at Nordstrom, like free outside okay, of Nordstrom. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I refuse to pay for sunglasses. And Anna, not you, Anna, other Anna, um, she gets mad at me because she's like, your sunglasses are Barney the Dinosaur purple. Yeah, they look terrible. I mean, Mine are like bright green. I used to have my green heart sunglasses, but they broke after a good like seven years of wear. <laughs> and I'm sad about it, but it was their time. Mm-hmm. So I am using some cheapo beepos at the time being, you know, until I make the move to spend money on sunglasses. But right now I'm lazy about it. So it doesn't Spe- seem like a need. It seems like a want. Anyway. Speaking of cheapo beepos, um, Napoleon ends up, <laughs> following them into the present rufus explains to them this is their explanation of how time travel works time will continue to progress normally for bill and ted so they are on a set time frame to meet their um presentation deadline but they can go back to the future or the past wherever they want to go but they only have let's say 11 hours before they can actually do this (sighs) By taking Napoleon, things should have changed in the future. You know what? Get Universal on the phone. I have words. This was Orion. Oh, excuse me. Get Orion on the phone. I have words about how time travel works to share with them. (laughs) I'm a connoisseur of the time travel films, Mm -hmm. cinema, and, you know, it, it did not stop me from watching and enjoying the film but at first i was like dude no no logically this isn't how it works but anyway so bill and ted they discover napoleon hanging from the tree his itty bitty legs dangling there and they then get (laughs) the idea to kidnap historical figures for their presentation horrible Uh, horrible idea great idea Oh, also, I just want to say every time they play the air guitar and there's an actual guitar riff, I think that's so cute. Absolutely. I wish yes. that was real life. Yeah. Because oh, when, when I'm out walking and I'm listening to music and then I'm doing air guitar, I look like such a fool. But if these people just heard, even if it wasn't the song I was listening to, just some <laughs> random riff as I'm air, air strumming. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay, I have more to say back to the movie for a second. Oh, we should do that. Why is nobody commenting on their clothes when they time travel? So they time travel to the Old West, and not a single person says anything about their clothes. <laughs> no one. No one's going to question it? Nobody's going to be like, you look weird? I don't know. Dan, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to come up with an explanation that makes it right. I can't think of a reason why. I think just you know, plot convenience. Yeah, and I think it just kept the costume budget down. Uh-huh. But I just, you know, I just... Uh, yeah. Uh. So Bill and Ted end up leaving Napoleon with Ted's younger brother, Deacon, who I absolutely adore. Deacon, he's such a standard like child. He's exactly what you'd think. Again, he mm-hmm. seems normal. Yeah. There is nothing special about this child. No. And I love him. Yes. He's my favorite character. No, that's not true. I'm um, say weird flex. Yeah. 
So basically what happens is now Bill and Ted, they travel through time to kidnap historical figures. They first go to the Old West, as Anna said, and they get Billy the Kid. Who, very cute Billy the Kid. Yeah, he is cute. Mm -hmm. And then they travel with Billy the Kid back to ancient Rome. Am I right? Is it Rome? Greece, I think. Greece. Yeah, ancient Greece. And they kidnap Socrates. Socrates. <laughs> uh, by the way that they convince Socrates to join them is by quoting the Kansas song Dust in the Wind to him. All they do this whole movie is quote <laughs> song lyrics, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Oh, God. I love it. I do, too. I, I also love um, in the background when they go to England after that, mm -hmm. when um, Billy the Kid is teaching Socrates about football. Yeah. I think it's so cute. And, and I love how, it, like... Oh, you see the football ahead. leading up to it, because when they're in ancient Greece, uh, Billy the Kid, he's just sitting there at, like, the steps of the Parthenon. He's just flipping a toy football up and down. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I yawned. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... <laughs> But then when they're in England, like, so they meet those two princesses, right? And mm -hmm. it's cute. And um, they get captured by the king and they're put to, like, technically they're put to death. Mm -hmm. And it's revealed that it's Billy the Kid and Socrates that were going to, quote unquote, chop their heads off. So they're saved. Mm -hmm. How did Billy and Socrates become their friends that fast? The turnaround on being your ride or die was so fast uh -huh. as like these people just stole you from your hometowns and you're like yeah no i would i live and die for this person now this is my new dad <laughs> like is that what happened bill and ted have this magnetism about them that Apparently. everybody wants to be there for i want to be their friends yeah i would be their friends too but also like i think i would take it at a normal pace no <laughs> i'm ride or die i'm fast and furious with these guys Oh my god, Fast and Furious. They're not friends. They're family. Oh my god. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is over. I didn't realize Vin Diesel was my co-host this ep this episode. Joke's on you. I've been the co-host the entire time. Oh <laughs> god. Hey, Vin. What's good? Not the pandemic. Oh god. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, as Anna said, they then go to 15th century England, where they basically fall in love with two princesses uh very cute princesses they're so pretty mm -hmm. but they I also literally put that they were so cute in my notes i also are. think it's cute um at one point ted has his little vest on and every time he wants to look tough he just grabs his little vest to mm -hmm. look so formal it's so cute i was like oh keanu it started here clearly i was getting real uh is it much ado about nothing mm -hmm. vibes from keanu with that oh mm-hmm I wasn't I actually. You. I just thought of that. But, fair, fair, but you know, it's cute. I like to mm -hmm. lie to make myself look cooler. Anyways, um, Bill and Ted, they get distracted because they find suits of armor and put them on and then have a sword fight with each other while reenacting Empire Strikes Back, which, again, is absolutely something that I would do. I yeah, want to be friends they... with these guys. <laughs> And then they say, we just had a sword fight, and I roll my eyes for 20 minutes. Because <laughs> they're just such boys. They're boys' boys, you yes. know? Yes. This is absolutely a dude's rock movie. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's definitely it's a movie for the boys. You know, yes. when you're popping open a cold one on Saturdays. Wow. For the for the, for the boys. <laughs> you know, you're a you're a pretty good actress. However, that wasn't very convincing. <laughs> you know, thank you for the compliment, but um, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they get captured by the king the wikipedia page says that this leads them to getting in trouble with the king which it is gets a, them put in the iron maiden yeah which is an explain a film plot badly way to describe what happens here um mm-hmm. they're r- super psyched to get put in the iron maiden unfortunately they don't actually get put in the iron maiden they just go to get beheaded mm-hmm. before the guillotine though it was just axemen which allows Billy the Kid Ride or die friendship. Socrates, uh, <laughs> two of the Fast and Furious crew, to break Lord. them out. <laughs> and then they go and they travel, they escape, they get back to the time machine and they end up traveling. And then we have a montage. Oh, sorry, no. They end up in the far Not future. Mm-hmm. And in the far future, they see that society is built around the wild stallions yes all for it i this whole sequence was weird mm-hmm. it was weird to me when they're all just strumming their guitars when bill and ted show up in i'm sitting time, we'll be is, dancing it, in the streets is it a bon jovi song i don't think so i think it's just a knockoff oh. something I'm gonna, or other i'm gonna do a gook because gage thought it was bon jovi uh, so. It is by Robbie Rob, featuring Stevie Salas. Never heard of them. That's not Bon Jovi. <laughs> it is not Bon Jovi. They are a alternative rock band from Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh well, the song slapped. So it does. I the only reason I knew it exactly was not Bon Jovi is because my grandmother volunteers at like a soup kitchen that's run by mm-hmm. Bon Jovi, and. Wait, what? She lives in the same town that he lives in. It's called the Soul Kitchen. Um, what a casual flex on your grandma's part. Right? Uh, oh, this hasn't even gotten to the casual flex part yet. Okay. Um, and it's not really casual either, because she tells anybody who she meets pretty much that Bon Jovi has kissed her on this cheek. This one oh right my here, God. which she has. <laughs> That's um, such a grandma thing to say. John Bon Jovi kissed me right here, right on this cheek. She could not name a John Bon Jovi song if you played it for her. Um, not even dead or alive? No, absolutely oh, okay. not. I made her a CD of Bon Jovi's greatest hits because she didn't know what any of his songs were. She just knew he was famous. Uh, <laughs> He's another, so famous. Another fun Bon Jovi-related story is that Bon Jovi's wife also volunteers. She volunteers there a lot more than John does. Yeah. Um, I refer to him by his first name because, you know, my grandma and him, they're tight. They're practically married. My Jersey grandma. Um, Yes. And so she sees John Bon Jovi's wife. She'll do like, she'll lead like a Tai Chi class in the park or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Red Bank, New Jersey is apparently a very idyllic town. It's a hotbed Uh, of popular rich people. So... She saw her doing Tai Chi or something, and she was lying on the ground, or maybe it was yoga or something. Um, And I guess that Mrs. Bon Jovi 
uh, said to my grandma, she was like, oh, yeah, I love I love doing this. It's the most fun that you can have lying down. And my grandma was like, I sure hope it's not. I sure hope not. it's not the not most fun. She did. That. She told me this story. She did. <gasps> oh, ah! We just learned a lot about John Bon Jovi. Woo. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, shout out to my 87-year-old grandmother. What's up, Grandma? What's up, Jersey Grandma? Uh, I, I'll i send you the link to this. I know that you don't listen because podcasts... You're, you're not a podcast listener, but, you know, Me? hi. No, my grandma. Oh, I was like, yes, I do. What are you talking about? Yes, send the link <laughs> to your grandma. I will. She definitely has not seen this movie either. Um, That's okay. So the boys, they go... They're in the far future. They realize that they're inspired to complete their book report then. Um, um, hold on one second. Okay. Oh, wait, no. After the future. After the future, I have something After the very future? important okay. to mention. Also, one of the, the, the main floating man is Clarence yes. Clemens from the E Street Band. <laughs> who this shows up. so wild. Shows up for a taking a one-week break off because he was... No, he was in Blues Brothers 2000. He was in the um, super group. Yeah. Yeah. With with Eric Clapton, who yes. I thought was so many people. <laughs> Welcome back to our Clarence Clemens single thread through podcast. Um, yes. So the other historical figures that they go and pick up are Sigmund Freud, Beethoven, Genghis Khan, um, and a horse's favorite, Joan of Arc. Yes, also my favorite. And Babraham Lincoln. Yes, okay, but also while they're doing that, let us not forget that Deacon takes Mm -hmm. Napoleon to get ice cream. And after he finishes a bowl, he gets a button that says, I am a Ziggy Piggy. Mm -hmm. And he wears it the whole time. (laughs) I was like, adorable. We would be remiss not to mention the fact that concurrently with all this, Deacon has to basically babysit Napoleon. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he takes him to the mall and he takes him to an ice cream parlor and he gets not just a bowl of ice cream, not a dish no. of ice cream. He gets the, like if you're at a restaurant and they have a food challenge where if you finish it, it's free. And let me tell you, Napoleon downs that sucker. He decimated that challenge. <laughs> He also seems to understand English very well. Yeah. Uh, despite only speaking French. And as somebody who took high school French, let me tell you, la glace, that means ice cream. Oh. Well, he knew what it was, and yes, he, he loved did. it. He's a ziggy piggy. I have more trivia about that when we finish with the plot run through. Okay. Um, so they end up in prehistoric times because the time machine ends up on the fritz. Um, and the way that they fix the time machine is they have all the historical figures chew a bunch of gum and then they stick it and basically with a hope and a prayer, try and travel back. I can't even imagine you'd have to explain to them how gum works. Like, yeah, uh, let's see. Maybe, I think maybe only Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Sigmund Freud would know. Everybody else would be like, what is this? Yeah. Freud died in 1939. So chewing gum definitely exists. Yeah, because Wrigley Field, 1918. Oh, yeah. I forgot. How could you forget about the year that Wrigley Field opened, Anna? You know, that's on the Constitution test. 
It is. It is. Bonus question. What year did Wrigley Field open? <laughs> um, so they end up going to the present, or they try to go to the present, and they end up right outside the Circle K where we see they really only cut it. They, they end up right outside, and they cut it at the perfect point where we see them just going, 69, dudes! Which, it's so nice that you say it twice because, again, why mess with perfection? Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. A perf- a more perfect number does not exist. <laughs> uh, so they end up talking to Rufus. Um, and Rufus reminds them of how to get to the correct day. Ted reminds Ted to wind his watch because he did not wind his watch. So we are stuck in a time loop here um, of Ted always reminding Ted to wind his watch and not remembering to wind his watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already touched on the fact that I, I, um, I hate that they don't pay attention to how time travel <laughs> actually works. That's all I could think about while you were talking about the story. I was like, ugh. there was they anger really in your ripped eyes. Up, they really ripped up this, uh, this old timeline, but mm-hmm. it's fine. It's none of my business, I guess. As I was saying all that, your face just kept dropping and dropping and getting more stone-faced. Yeah, because all I could think about was how they were messing up the timeline, Dan. I literally, <laughs> when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, my brain was trying to figure out how it was working, and I, I worked myself into a headache. A tizzy? Uh, yes, I had to take to the bed. I was just filled with illness. Anna has contracted scarlet fever. <laughs> yes, taken to the bed. Uh, so... They get back to what the present time is, and they find out that Deacon has ditched Napoleon for the express reason that of he was a dick. True. Again, Deacon King. <laughs> I mean, Absolute he's the king. most relatable. Uh, so they then leave the historical figures at the mall to figure out how modern day San Dimas works, and we get a great montage of people hanging out at the mall. Genghis Khan oh picks up a baseball bat. I would never have left Genghis Khan in the mall unsupervised, ever, ever. Also, Joan of Arc is wearing a full beat in the mall. Mm-hmm. Girl would not be wearing makeup. Thank you very much. She's a bad bee. Not that, you know, there's anything wrong with wearing makeup. This is coming from me, a makeup connoisseur. But my girl mm-hmm. Joan would not have worn makeup. Also, I don't think they had makeup back then. Anyway. I think they had some sort of makeup. Not, not like a not like a lip gloss and a pink eye and some mascara. Maybe uh Lil who sings lip gloss? I don't know. I don't know. The song Lip Gloss, maybe that musician, maybe she went back in time maybe. and introduced Joan of Arc to it being poppin'. Mm-hmm. God, I'm so For Zumba. White. I related so hard to Joan in this scene, though, because she went straight to the Zumba. <laughs> straight to an aerobics class. <laughs> straight to the aerobics. Yes, girl. Um, we love aerobics. Abraham Lincoln gets his picture taken uh, in a historic photo hut. Very fun. Um, Socrates. What was so? What were Socrates in? They were hitting on yeah, girls. Yeah, they were hitting on girls. <laughs> It was, I, oh my God, I couldn't even handle it. So great said Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, when Sig- I, something I noticed, when Sigmund Freud uh, shows up while they're hitting on girls, he is holding a corn dog. Because 
and and it gets more and more limp as the conversation goes on. Does it really? I it never does, noticed yeah. that. Oh God, that's nasty. Also with Sigmund Freud, I I think we skipped over the part where the historical figures they all get picked up by um, Bill Missy by Missy. Yes, yes. And they have to they go are... and help Bill do his chores. Oh my God, I love that. And we skipped over when Napoleon is at waterloo the water oh, park. i have not skipped over that yet oh okay good um when they have to help bill and bill do his chores before they can go and oh yeah that's you know, right that's their, right uh sigma freud is vacuuming and he has the hose of the vacuum and he no. ends up um getting the hose of the vacuum stuck on his mouth because uh we need to hit all of the fixations here and we've yes. definitely got an oral fixation going on and let mm-hmm. me tell you we both took intro to psych we did. We did. Were we in the same class? No. no. Oh. I took it after you. Mm, did you graduate yet? I don't think you had graduated yet. Okay. Oh, I'm not good at intro to psych. I didn't like it. I but that's passed the it. Point. I did too. Like, I passed it. Jordan had to help me, but I just don't, I didn't like it. I took AP Psych in high school. Um, and let me tell you, I was enrolled in that class. And then mm-hmm. I took psych again in college based off of how well I did in AP psych in high school. <laughs> I just didn't like it because when I was younger in high school and I tried to take psych, I was one of those kids that always thought I had all the diseases. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like really would freak myself out. And now as an adult, I just I just didn't I didn't like classes where it, ironically, I didn't like memorizing things. <laughs> that doesn't ironic make sense at all. I act. What did you say? That doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Nope. It's ironic because I, I act. But, you know, it's different. <laughs> it's a different type of memorizing. I don't know. Anyway. So they all of the historical figures end up having to go to jail because <laughs> they get arrested for disturbing the peace. Um, but concurrently, Bill and Ted have to go find Napoleon. And where do they end up going to? Waterloo's, home Waterloo. of some of the best slides in San Dimas. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, Napoleon, he ends up going there alone beforehand. And he is having a time and a half there. He mm-hmm. is living his best life. This movie really does a lot to push the narrative of Napoleon being a fun guy. Yeah, they really try to make him likable. Like, what French guy was on the was on the board, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so Napoleon, he falls in love with water slides. Also, that is the only, when he is going down the water slide for the first time, he's approaching it with due wariness. I'm sorry. Are you, what is happening Uh, there? My phone just started making music. Hang on one second. Uh, Sorry, everyone. Is that that WAP song that I heard Ben Shapiro talking about on Twitter? I don't know. That was really scary. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Um... Side note, because I just mentioned WAP and Ben Shapiro on Twitter. Um, If you haven't seen the video of Ben Shapiro reading the lyrics to WAP by Cardi B, um, you should do that. And Megan the Stallion, yes, correct. Yes. I had forgotten that Megan was on the song. Um, Oh, I I didn't. There's a video of where they synced up him reading the lyrics with the beat of the song. Oh, I love it. Oh my it's God, great. I'll be looking that up next. Yeah. Ben Shapiro. Like a, just a weaselly man. Um, 
Thank you for listening to our politics podcast. So yep. what I was saying was Napoleon approaches the water slide with due wariness. And he gets pretty much pushed down the slide by a lifeguard. Yeah, it, yeah, it was not a safe situation. That is the um, only lifeguard I've ever heard somebody say, go faster. Yeah, literally, whenever you're at a water park and stuff, usually the lifeguards are like, no, no, you have to do this. You have, I mean, like, obviously it's their job and you want to keep <laughs> them people safe, but usually they're very strict because their job and your life depend on it. But this guy was like, get down the slide. <laughs> he did not uh, care. So Bill and Ted, they end up getting Napoleon from Waterloo. <laughs> oh, it says that the, the water park is named Waterloop, not Waterloo. But I don't think that's right. Cause they definitely called it Waterloo's at yeah, some point. I swear. Like that would make more sense if it was called Waterloo because that's the battle they grabbed him from. Yeah. Loop. Like otherwise, it's like, oh, where would a where would a French army general go? Water loop? No. Mm-hmm. No. no. Waterloo. No, no. That's the joke. Mm. Thank so you. Bill and Ted, they have to go and break the historical figures out of prison. Uh, Sigmund mm-hmm. Freud has my favorite line of the whole movie uh, when he's being interrogated by a policeman and he, the policeman asks him a question and Sigmund Freud responds with, tell me about your mother. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, it's extra funny since, you know, none of his stuff is proven anymore. It's all yeah. debunked, but yes. yeah, it's all conjecture. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the Bill and Ted end up breaking them out of prison uh, because they go they promise themselves that they will go back in time in the future and take Bill Ted's dad's keys and leave them behind the sign. When oh, I you look so angry. No, I was just yawning. I made that face because okay. I loved this scene. Okay, I loved you liked this, this usage. Okay. I thought it was so clever. I thought it was so cute. I mean, like, again, not to be a party pooper. That's not how time travel works. They, you know, but I thought it was so cute. It I was. Loved it. It's a very clever usage of time travel. Yes, I was like, for these two idiots to come up with something smart like this mm-hmm. and have it work, all of it was awesome. Yeah. So they collect all the historical figures and they end up going back to school, where they deliver, um, basically the closing speech of their, the rest of their school. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I uh, wouldn't want to go after it. I would want to go after... I I wouldn't want to go after the guy who was giving a speech who is just kind of blustering and talking and not really knowing what he's talking about and then ending the speech with, San Dimas High School Football Rules! Oh, God. I would be like, ugh. <laughs> he didn't give a speech. He just pandered to the crowd. But. I like to think that he's Buzz from Home Alone. Oh, God. Uh, so they all the historical figures, they give their speeches um, or explanations pretty much of how they would react in a modern world. It goes over righteous. like gangbusters. I don't know how they got the sound and lighting effects to go as they did. Yeah. Uh, there was no was... tech week involved in this, but. Yeah, maybe that was another go back in time after the presentation and fix it or something like that. But. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like, it was a full-on production. There were, like, 
what am I trying to say? Oh my God. Like stands for people, platforms. That's there what I was go. trying to say. Platforms for them to stand on and like full chairs and stuff. Like a full therapist's couch for Freud to use and like swords and stuff. It was, it was beautiful, but you're right. There was no tech week, nothing. <laughs> uh, it's a rousing success. They passed the course. Uh, and then later on, after all of the historical figures are returned to their time, uh, Rufus shows up again, and he presents them with the two princesses, saving them from a prearranged marriage. To Rufus the is ugly a king. Guys. Everyone in this movie is a king. Mm-hmm. Except for the princesses. They're princesses. They are princesses. And Missy. Yeah, she's, she's a queen. She's Missy. Oh. <laughs> No, Missy's a queen. I I will say that that Bill's dad is not a king. Yeah, I mean, like, Missy, she's kind of creepy at first, and she's like, Bill, call me mom. But she helps Mm -hmm. them a lot. Like, she helps them a lot. Yes. And she's, like I said, I think even though she likes to hold over the fact that uh, Bill asked her to the prom and, like, now she's married to his dad, blah, 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 she has her best interest, his best interest in mind. Also, we need to go back to the fact that um, when uh, Freud is doing his part of the presentation, he asks Bill if he wants to be um, worked on or whatever, therapized. I don't know what the word is. And he goes, <laughs> no, I'm good. I just got a minor edible complex. I yeah. screamed. <laughs> oh, my God. I screamed. Um, so good. So the the princesses they join the wild stallions. Uh, Rufus asks if he can play along with them, and Rufus he shreds that guitar. He shredded um, it to filth. And then we see the band start to play together for the first time, and they are terrible. I love. They are it. horrendous. It's perfect. Of course they're terrible. He was so cute. It's great. Rufus swears they get better. And then we roll the credits. Yes. I liked the ending. I thought it was so cute. Sorry, I'm turning the light on. It got dark. I was say, Dan, you're in complete darkness. I know. I, I realized I was shrouded in mystery. Yes, you are. Also, your bandana, I know you're probably wearing it as a mask today, but you look uh-huh. like very Billy the Kid. I wear a bandana. I wear bandanas as a mask normally just because it's easy that I can just pull them up and down over mm-hmm. my throat and nothing will like get caught on my throat. And so I don't forget it. Uh, but I keep getting told that I look like a kid going to camp. Um, I think if it was backwards, like you have the when point I wear a, in the front, a red bandana. Yes. Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's one that. of my main ones. Uh, sorry. I tapped the microphone there. I'm so sorry. Um, no, you're good. This one's orange. Orange is a little out of the way, a little wary, a little, little frisky, a little flirty. Mm-hmm. A little so, wild. Yeah, a little wild stallion. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I look like a child going to camp. Um, some trivia about the movie. Uh, on the back of Bill's shirt, it says B. Preston. It has that embroidered on the collar. <laughs> <sighs> on his crop great. top? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, the actors who played Billy the Kid and Joan of Arc were 31 and 29, when in reality, really? Billy the Kid was killed at 21 and Joan of Arc was executed at 19. Yes. Um, the actress who plays Joan of Arc, 
Uh, her name is Jane Widlin, mm-hmm. and she is the rhythm guitarist and backing vocalist of the Go-Go's. Okay, girl, yes. Mm-hmm. She's so cute. Um, the movie took two years to get a release. It was filmed through the spring of 1987 uh, for the D. Laurentis Entertainment Group, but they went bankrupt. So it was on the shelf for a year when Nelson Entertainment and Orion Pictures picked it up, and they had to redub everything in the script that said 1987 to 1988. Yes. Very nice. Um, Brendan Fraser, River Phoenix, and Sean Penn were considered for the role of Bill. Oh. Um, Polly Shore screen tested for Ted. Um, Ringo Starr, Sean Connery, Roger Daltrey, and one of these things is not like the other. Charlie Sheen were considered for Rufus. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it wasn't Charlie Sheen. I'm sorry. He kind of scares me. Um, So... they keep mentioning how they need to get Eddie Van Halen into the Wild Stallions. Yes! And that's how, uh, Eddie Van Halen said that he would have loved to be in the movie, but nobody asked him. Oh. After it came out. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so the floating people in the future are called the three most important people in the world. That's their character okay. names. Oh. Um, and they are played by Clarence Clemens. Yes. Uh, Fee Waybill, who was the lead singer of The Tubes. Mm. Uh, do you know the song She's a Beauty? Mm-mm. She's a beauty. She's one in a million girls. One Maybe. in a million girls. Y- you would know it if you were elderly like me. Um, <laughs> and Martha Davis, who was in the band The Motels. Mm. Uh, but they were envisioned to be portrayed by ZZ Top. Stop it. They were not. Yes, that's what it says. Cancel this podcast. ZZ Top. They've been brought up so often, Dan. So the original version of the movie, before it was actually made, the original plot was going to have Bill and Ted visit and accidentally cause all of history's greatest tragedies. Oh, my God. The Civil War, the Titanic, the Hindenburg, the Black Plague. (laughs) So That's on and so forth. That's kind of dark. That's very dark. Yeah. Um, and another one of the original concepts was that Bill and Ted was just going to follow them through an unrelated series of sketches, and the time travel story was one of the skits. But oh. Chris Matheson's father, Richard Matheson, who wrote the novel I Am Legend, <gasps> convinced okay. them to just focus on the time travel plot. Excellent choice. And yeah, that I think that's all the trivia that I have. Um, I'm just double checking. I I'm reading over the list of quotes, and we didn't. I didn't mention many quotes during the run through, but this movie is chock full. Be excellent of fun to each quotes. other. That's that is literally my email signature. Is it really? Yes. Cute. So. Since I was in high school, I've had an email signature just because I like, I like to be a professional little boy. Um, yes. And it was since like my senior year of high school. And it originally 
had the quote, pain heals, chicks dig scars, glory lasts forever, from the Keanu Reeves movie The Replacements. Anna rolled her eyes so far that she spun her entire body around when I said that quote. I said the words with you, though. Yeah, that's true. You knew it. I did. Um, Have you seen The Replacements a lot on TBS for some reason? No, but you used to say that all the time. Absolutely. That's how I would close my radio show. Yeah, I know. And I used to listen to the radio show. First mistake. Yeah, well, I know that now. (laughs) Uh, But then my dad was like, yeah, I don't know if that's really a a professional email signature to use. Although I would email people and I'd get a response back and they'd be like, love the replacements quote (laughs) in your email signature. So I don't know, dad. You don't listen to this. Um, so then I changed it to be excellent to each other. Um, and that is what it's been for at least like three and a half years now. Well, I think that's cute. And I like that. I mean, it promotes kindness. And that's what I'm all about. I'm waiting to email somebody with be excellent to each other and have their email signature say and party on dudes. Yeah. Okay. I have something to say about uh, party on dudes. Uh-huh. All it could make me think of was Wayne's World. You know I'm a big Wayne's World fan. I It just kept popping up in my brain. Mm-hmm. That's all. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, the way that they establish that Missy is not only Bill's stepmom, but also uh, very young. I love it because the entire exchange is missy goes hi bill want to ride and bill goes sure missy i mean mom and then ted just goes your stepmom's cute shut up ted remember when she was a senior and we were freshmen shut up ted i grade it it's great i love character building it is good casual drop those facts but like also that's how a friend would jab another friend you know Mm -hmm. like you know, I mean, that's what high schoolers do when they want to embarrass you about something. That's exactly how it would go down. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something to embarrass your friend about. <laughs> when their crush is also your da- their dad's crush. Mm-hmm. I am know. thinking about changing my email signature to Want a Twinkie, Genghis Khan? I Say had that please. in my notes. I loved that. <laughs> I was like, wow, E, zowie. Love it. Um... Why do you think that this movie works so well, despite being just a, it's so simple? Like it's despite having such a yeah. simple premise and characters that could so easily be turned unlikable. What makes it work? Um, I think because it's so simple, there's not much you can go and be like, "No, that was stupid. They shouldn't have done that." Um, the humor is light. Uh, there's never really a moment, like, the characters are likable because I think at the end of it all, they're good people. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, there's never a point in the plot where they do something that's so, like, offensive or anything. Everything mm-hmm. they do is stupid, but it's innocent. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's because they showcase the innocence of teenagers. Like, mm-hmm. teenagers, myself included, want to be adults, want to do adult things. Bill and Ted are so focused on wanting to just be kids and get this project done and have fun with their best friend while doing it. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that they are shrouded in the innocence of being a teen helps. Yes. 
Uh, it's that and the absolute, there is no malice. There is no evil in their hearts at all. Yeah. They're not going after their teacher for flunking them on every project. They're not going after Bill's or Ted's dad, who's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. They're not going after Bill. They're not even that mad at Deacon when he loses um, Napoleon. Like, yeah, they're annoyed with him, but they don't mm-hmm. even like beat him up or anything. Yeah, they're just like, oh, come on, dude. Yeah, they're very laid back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they're so likable is they're just lovable idiots. Like they don't blame anybody except for themselves for their mistakes and issues and things in life that minus the time traveling part are mm-hmm. normal for teenagers, like strained relationships with your parents and your brother, like not necessarily doing well in school, scared of your future, blah, blah, blah. Like it's just all normal stuff. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of relatable, even though it's not a realistic movie. Yeah. And I think, part of the reason that it works is their innocence and their like childlike glee mm-hmm. even is also mirrored in all of the historical characters that they bring back because yes. do not trust this movie as a historical record of oh, what no. these people were actually like. Uh, Genghis Khan is terrifying, and I would mm-hmm. never... If I was in this movie, he would not have been on my list of people to bring back because I would have been scared I would have died. Thank you. But it just... Their innocence is reflected in how the characters that they bring... The real-life characters that they bring back are shown. Because mm-hmm. Billy the Kid, he isn't a gunslinger who kills 21 men. Uh, he's just a, a guy that gets into wacky hijinks while playing at the poker table. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genghis, Genghis Khan, Khan is just, just a, a lovable guy who likes doing flips and swinging around his bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just, they make, they bring out the best in the people around them, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, four characters that technically have no influence on how people act around them. They bring out the best in these historical figures. They show them fun that they didn't know was possible. Mm-hmm. They give them the opportunity to experience a normal day-to-day life and just um, be regular people and just be nice. Like, I think... Sorry to get a little sappy or whatever, but I think the whole idea of be excellent to each other really resonates with all the historical figures, too. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have to go along with what Bill and Ted needed, but they saw how pure these people were, I think. And they mm-hmm. kind of went along with it just because it's the nice thing to do. Yes. Like they all could have run away and it could have been a hot mess, but they chose to listen and they chose to, yeah, it got them in trouble a little bit at the mall, but like they chose to listen and not cause so big of a scene that it was life altering for Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. I'm getting way to college film major e but it's fine thank you you want me to write Um, a 10 page paper like absolutely please do um one last quote that i want to give which i also might change my um email signature to this as you can see Genghis very much enjoys twinkies because of the excellent sugar rush (laughs) oh god i hate twinkies i think they're so gross i've never had a twinkie they're nasty. They're just so much sugar. You're talking to a person who ate a full movie theater box of sweet tarts today. 
So Wait, those little chewy ones? No, they're they're the hard ones. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my that's stomach way too much. Is, is not happy with me. My uh, mouth would my be enzymes. Up. They're mad, Dan. Mm-hmm. Anyways, do you have any anything else that you want to add about Bill and know, I, or Ted? I liked it a lot. I thought it was really, really cute. <laughs> I just it brought me such joy. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to seeing the next movie, two movies. I don't know, like it was just a good distraction in a time when things can still be like I told you, I had kind of a rough week. It was a nice <laughs> distraction. Yeah. Uh yeah. quick hit, favorite historical. Of those, of that group? Of the ones brought back. I was like, ever? Uh, Joan of Arc. (laughs) Okay. How about you? It's hard to choose. They're all so sweet. They are. Uh, I'll go with Socrates. I I was going to say he's my second choice. Socrates is my second choice for sure. And lastly, out of five 69 dudes... (laughs) How many 69 dudes do you give this movie? Mm, four. I'm with you. I give it four. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's I'm scared an easy... to give anything a perfect score. I'll say that right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want the big Bill and Ted fans to come for me. <laughs> um, I will say, if you're looking for a fun end of the school year movie... This and Ferris Bueller's Day Off as a double feature. I like this better than Ferris Bueller. There, I said it. Really? Oh, that's a bold take. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think Ferris Bueller's kind of a dick, so. That's fair. Yeah. Ferris Bueller and Bill and Ted would not get along. No, I like Cameron, though, but that's a whole separate podcast. Let my Cameron go. I love Cameron. Thank you. So, yeah, I think that's it for our excellent adventure with Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with a bogus journey with Bill and Ted. And Yeet. the reason... I didn't explain this at the beginning. I was going to, and then I didn't. Um, the reason that we're doing the Bill and Ted movies right now is because the third Bill and Ted movie is scheduled to come out at the end of August. Woo! So... We will be doing our first ever timely podcast. We love a timely podcast. We were we are going to be spending money to rent Bill and Ted Face the Music, the new film coming out. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a podcast up within a few days of its release about our thoughts with Bill and Ted Face the Music. Hell yeah, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be excellent. It's gonna be excellent. But before that, we will talk about Bill and Ted's bogus journey next week. Mm-hmm. And yes, if you want to follow the show on social media, on Twitter, we are at and in conclusion. Everywhere else, we are in conclusion podcast. Search for it. You'll find us. Uh, if you want to follow me, I am at Dan O'Keefe 86 on Twitter at DLRAAR on Instagram. And if you want to follow the writer, one of the writers for this movie, Ed Solomon, I'd recommend that. He's a great Twitter follow. And also, Ed Solomon, if you listen to this, come on the podcast. We want you. Yeah. We Tweet at like him, you. Dan. Tweet oh, at I, him, Dan. Oh, don't worry. I, I, I laid the seeds down. Mm-hmm. Uh, a week and a half ago, I tweeted from the In Conclusion Twitter account. Spoilers, I run the Twitter account. Gasp. Uh, I tweeted, I hope at Ed Solomon is having a good night. 
That's it. That's all I tweeted. Oh, God, Dan. Anyways, Anna, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Prime 818 or... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you going through puberty? Yeah, my voice cracked real big. I am a 12-year-old boy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, you can follow me at Autobots Rollout, capital O, capital B, capital R, and the O in roll, and the O in out are zeros. <sighs> there we made it. Beautiful. So, yes, we will be back next week with Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Until then, I'm Dan O'Keefe. She's Anna Otto. I Everybody have been. stay safe, stay healthy, and with a presidential election coming up, you could vote Republican. You could vote Democrat, but you should really vote Wild Stallion. We'll you be back also next week. be excellent week. to each other. Be excellent yes. to each other. Be excellent to each other. Bye-bye. Bye. I just recently found out that most people's families don't have a special table for, like, like descaling fish. <laughs> Whoops.